Whips one into the box. Boshua gets ahead on it, and that is just a whisker wide. He just picks his head up. It's a great we used to compare um, the football match to being almost like a dance and having different bits of or a song and having different parts of the match be more intense than others, and you can't obviously have 90 minutes of pure intensity. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, we're going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. This week's episode is sponsored by Doug's Donuts, donut hole treats for your everyday feats. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram at Footy Fellas Pod, F-O-O-T-Y Fellas Pod. We have a really interesting conversation for you in this app with Poppy Miller, play-by-play commentator for the USL's Charleston Battery. We chatted with her about the art of play-by-play commentary, the work that goes into it, messy storyboards, rainy game days in Nottingham, England, and we had some fun with commentary out of context at the end. So get excited for that chat. What I want to throw to you guys on the commentary train of thought is rate yourself 1 to 10 on how good of a soccer commentator you think you would be and why. And I know you didn't plan for this, so I'll, I'm staring you in the face, Jones, and I can tell you're, you're ready to go. So why don't you have, have the first go at it? I feel like I feel like there's, there's definitely a – well, I – when talking commentating, there's definitely a difference between a color commentator and, and the play-by-play. Play-by-play commentary and what more of what Poppy's doing is narrating the game as it's happening. And the color commentator is filling in gaps in, in speech, gaps in play with insights and some of that extra, that extra color, if you will. I think you need to first identify which you fit into. I... I would think that I would like to be that that analyst, the the one that they a play unfurls, and I can comment on, you know, the skill required or some of the thought or organization, what I'm seeing. Yeah, Eli, I'll give it to you straight. I'm a one color commentator, <laughs> uh, play by play. Shoot, I might be a five, maybe a six on a good day. Look, uh, commentating is not for me. <laughs> uh, no, I think. I'd be I'd be quite poor at it. I could see you doing play by play. I see no no lie with I mean you know every play by play commentator ends up practicing a ton, but you kind of have a nice voice for it. I don't know what it is, but I could see you narrating a documentary or a soccer match, mm. interchangeable, mm. and see you actually doing a, a seven or eight job at it, not mm-hmm. necessarily five. Well, thank you. Eli. I appreciate the confidence. To, to throw a number on it, though, I think I, I would fall more. In, I, I agree with what Eli said. I also um, think I would, would fall more on the color side. So, Icy, maybe you and I do a little tandem stuff. You do the play-by-play, I'll do the color, and we'll see how crummy a pot. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll toss myself meat. I'll, be, I'll stay at a five. I'll say I'll, I'll be neutral. I'll be fine at it. Over time, though, Icy, I think we could shoot up, get to like an eight, comfortably eight. You're telling me if we spend 30 seconds of the pod right now of icy play-by-play commentating his spike ball match and you color commentating it, 
you guys will improve your skill as a color, color commentating tandem? I'm saying there's a lot of money for us to be made, Icy, if we just spent like <laughs> literally 30 seconds working on this. And here we are with uh, Max with the spike. Oh, it hits the net, and there we go. And Nate it's a, gets the hits up right in the air. And it's spiked back down by Claire. And then, ooh, missed it. Bad hit by Patrick. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you could see from the approach that he was taking to it, clearly he was off balance. He was never going to be able to hit that back into the net. Uh, we're not really surprised to see that coming from Pat. I think he's, you know, coming off his injury last last couple of weeks, It's his form is always going to be in, in question. Right, and back at it again, Pat with the, with the serve. Ooh, right to Nate. Oh, nice, nice return, Max. And Claire... Gets it in right over Max's arm. Wow, what a shot. Overall, I think I think that was an unbelievable play. Unbelievable play. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for, for the uh, ascendancy of, of Claire into the into the scene. Um, uh, generational talent. I feel like I'm at the spike ball match. Like I feel like I'm <laughs> sitting in a lawn chair somewhere in a park, hopefully with far away from everyone else. I think I took a golf approach to it too. I think there was a, yeah. there was like a subdued nature spike ball that, that doesn't exist. Which of the, my one follow-up question is, which of the past teams that you've played on at any level, youth level, high school, college, pickup, after college, which of those teams do you think would be the most fun to commentate a game of? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good question. I think it would have to be um, college intramural or was it intramural no it was just the college club team was fun uh that would be fun to 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 be a commentator for you know everyone you've seen them on the weekends you've seen them at their highs and at their lows and that would be fun to be a commentator that's the that's the true color commentary is that kind of backstory stuff right i i also i also think there's something to i i agree with the less in some way, almost less formal game. Like I don't think, I don't think uh, commentating D three college soccer straight up like our games we were playing. Like I don't think that would have been as fun as, for example, um, commentating like high school soccer, uh, like like high school pro- like Parker, you know, private little school stuff because the quality wasn't that great, and so you had a lot of swing you had swinging back and but you didn't have zero zero it wasn't nezcat games were all like one oh you know every once in a while you had to blow out here and there but really high school you you didn't know what was going to happen and it felt like there was a lot more emotion in those games because i don't know you were all teens and the hormones are flying around and college it was intense but it didn't feel like a, a crowd thing i don't know so if you're commentating the high school game what percentage of the the broadcast do you think goes to relationships, teachers, uh, you know, issues off the field, commentating people right. who's in the stands, who's right. not in the stands, more right. importantly. Right. <laughs> it's it's probably eighty percent gossip. Yeah. It's eighty nice. percent. Nice. It's it's eighty percent gossip. I just end of the day, I think commentating obviously comes down to the talent, but also if the the play that they're commentating is, you know, exciting, that leads to easy, good commentary. I think it would be really funny to see a well-known, renowned commentator com- commentate like five-year-old soccer games or something. And they're all <laughs> swarmed around the ball yet again. Do they know what how to do this? <laughs> they clearly, clearly, five has no idea what he's doing out there. 
he's, he's not even on the field anymore. <laughs> oh, he wants a snack from his parents. Oh, there he goes off the field. Not even sub. <laughs> that would be very enjoyable. Something else that's pretty enjoyable is Jones reading us the storylines, reading us, speaking to us about what has happened last week today. I'd be happy to tell you what's going on in the world. Um, I think... I think there almost needs to be a, a reminder that COVID-19 still exists and is um, impacting most of our, our day-to-day lives, um, and especially when we, we're, we're talking a lot about sports um, and its impact in the U.S. Um, COVID is, is very much not going away um, and is starting to impact some of the leagues that are taking place, especially the MLS's back tournament, which we really care about, um, as well as the NBA. And um, as we see abnormally high positive rates take place in Florida, you know, upwards of 20 plus, um, we're seeing notable players bow out of, of tournaments and games. Um, we're seeing teams proper starting to, to bow out, uh, which is having an impact on, on formatting. Um, specifically with the MLS's back tournament, uh, which got underway this past week, we saw FC Dallas and Nashville SC both have to drop out because of an accumulated amount of cases on their teams. And unfortunately, it's almost um, started to overshadow some of the really impactful, powerful demonstrations that were held at the kickoff for a couple games, notably the Miami versus Orlando one that kicked off the entire tournament where you had um, uh, solidarity shown by uh, un- uh, uh, an overwhelming a majority of, of black players and, and, and players from both teams standing up and kneeling in silence. Um, you also had um, the players for the Philadelphia Union who were all sporting jerseys with the names of notable victims killed due to racial profiling over the past um, you know, decade, I suppose, perhaps you know, longer with some, some cases. Um, but nonetheless, the tournament is underway. Not as many goals early on, but um, you know, excited to see what happens if it's able to continue, if there are no more teams that fall out. And then the last thing in the sports world, we got to talk Premier League. I think there's two open races that people really care about now. It's the race from relegation, um, as well as the race for the Champions League. For relegation, you see that Norwich is already out, which is a shame for their first season back. Um, but now it's a battle between Villa and Bournemouth to try and survive as they chase the likes of Watford and West Ham. Watford and West Ham both are roughly four points ahead of, of the other two, um, so they're still within striking distance. My hunch is that, that West Ham and Watford will probably out-edge Villa and Bournemouth unless they go on a tear. And then for the race for the Champions League, um, it's really it was looking like just a, three, a three-leg battle between Leicester, Chelsea, and United. United, who's in very hot form, it seems to be catching the wounded animals that are Chelsea and Leicester just can't seem to muster any 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 form. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what transpires for the next you know four weeks in the league. But uh, I think, you know, as it stands, I think it's Chelsea in third, Leicester in fourth, United in fifth. But easily Wolves could, could find their way into a fifth position. Easily um, United could find themselves somehow... Um, winning the league and just out outpacing Liverpool. So, um, you know, anything's possible. We're just going to stay tuned as we uh, close out the remaining games in the season. Yeah, anything is possible except for 
<laughs> Man United winning. Uh, you know, you can't rule anything out. I mean, what if, you know, there were some PED tests that came back and showed like half of Liverpool was doping. And, and Man City. And Man City. And Man City. <laughs> I mean, like like anything, really, guys. Um, so, you know. I see you called the coronavirus complications, especially in Florida. I know a couple weeks ago you were, were pretty strong on at least us thinking more about that. Now we're seeing it play out. What do you think of that? situation in florida with with mls tournament getting hit by a bit of this and then the nba also slated to start somewhat soon yeah it's a shame you know i wish i wasn't accurate in my prediction but yeah i i, I kind of felt you know a few weeks ago florida was hitting record daily numbers and that was when they were back at like three thousand uh, positive cases a day Jones, you mentioned i mean goodness i think they just hit 15 or twenty thousand, like you said which was actually the highest state total um, case count, you know, of, of this whole situation. Now, the thing, the different, the big difference I see between NBA and the MLS is back really comes down to money. I think the NBA is flooded with money. And I think that they have the wherewithal to really protect players. Uh, you know, there's all this buzz on social media, but, you know, I think that they, they could do a, a pretty good job from the financial end of keeping players, um, well protected and well isolated, there are just less players to um, isolate and, and keep safe. So that helps as sure. well. But I really do think it comes down to money. So I think the NBA is looking a little brighter in that regard. Going to head to our sponsor read. Thank our sponsors that are so important to the production and success of this podcast. And afterward, we'll be back with Poppy. Ever feel like all the hard work you're putting in is going unnoticed by friends, family, your local eateries? That changes today. Doug's Donuts wants to recognize you for being you, for preparing breakfast, for dishing out a compliment, for devouring a run, for consuming new material that enhances your understanding of social issues. Come get one of our signature Doug's Donut Hole treats, treats that appreciate the little things you do. We're not talking munchkins. We're talking donut hole treats slightly smaller than munchkins that match the effort you put in. Donut hole treat yourself. Doug's Donuts. Donut hole treats for your everyday feats. Being that we're footy fellas, we love that Doug's is supporting our six little feats every single day for basically anything we do as a podcast. So thank you to Doug and go grab a, a Doug's Donut Hole treat at your local Doug's Donuts. Is it true that, that that your cousin is Doug? Is there any nepotism we should be aware of? My cousin is Danny. Oh, okay. His brother is Doug. I don't know what that makes me to Doug. Could I mean, could you not argue that you are also cousins of of Doug and then Danny is his brother? Is that not? No, no, no. My, my mom always told me that Danny was my cousin and Doug... He was just kind of, he was the brother that like did the donut shop thing and like, you know, did that whole deal. So I don't know how, if we're related or how that works or any of that. All right. So, you, but you know him very well. I know him pretty well. I know his donut hole treats pretty well. He used to bring those to family get togethers. That was always exciting. I just feel like we always need to put an asterisk if we happen to have some personal investment in these things, uh, just to be fair to our, our listeners. Really, really quickly. So I've, I've got the check here that, you know, Doug sent us for this ad space and it says, thanks cuz. Um, you know, written to you, 
Um, so I'm just, I'm, can you explain that a little bit more? Thanks, cuz, C-U-Z. I know it's slang. It's hip. Doug's a hip guy, but. Is it, is it like because, or, or is it like, you, or no. your cousin? Can no. You clarify, you. Eli? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure why he sent you that check. The well, I handle, you know, the, the finances, right, Eli, right? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That actually makes sense then why he sent you the check. <laughs> but the cuz piece is a little weird. I'm thinking what Max said, maybe it's because or like cuzaroni, you know, or some other word with cuz in it. I don't or, think cuzaroni is a word. Or because why not? You know, like maybe that's why he sent the check. Like, here's how much money you guys deserve. I know we only agreed on 10K. I'm sending you 20K. Cause why not? He usually shorthands that as cause. We definitely don't make 10K on an ad. That's not. <laughs> I see. You've been telling me we've been making 10K every ad. That's what people are sending you now. Oh yeah, they send it to me, but we don't make. They're giving me extra because I have to handle. I have to deal with you two a lot, so they give me a little bump. I give you guys about 500 a piece. I keep the rest. So. So we're making like 10% each on this, Jones. Jesus. Doug's Donut Holes treats for your everyday feats. Footy Fellas is very excited to be chatting today with Poppy Miller, play-by-play commentator for the USL's Charleston Battery. After growing up in Nottingham, England, and playing soccer for successful development teams such as Mansfield Town Ladies, she played for the University of South Carolina Beaufort for four years as a defensive stalwart. During her time there, she earned a bachelor's degree in communications and was student body vice president during senior year. Just before graduation, she landed her first job with the Battery and began working as a sideline reporter and digital video producer in the 2017 season. In her second year with the club, she moved into the role of lead TV play-by-play commentator and is now going on three years straight of being the voice of the Battery. Poppy, welcome to the pod. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for the lovely introduction. Is it weird for you to be introduced when you're usually the one doing the on-air introductions? You know what? It was funny because I was just listening to that and I was like, that is so true. It's normally the complete other way around, but really looking forward to being on the other side of the mic tonight. (laughs) Yeah, we get to ask you the questions today. I'm looking forward to it. I know it's it's always me asking everybody else questions, so so uh, it's it's a nice change. That's good. Glad to hear it. We were we were doing a bit of uh, bit of research as you obviously do on on the other side, and seeing you're from Nottingham, seeing you seem to be a pretty big Nottingham Forest fan. <laughs> are you excited? They're in the playoff mix this year. How are you feeling? Are you connected to the team? I am so excited. Yes, I'm a huge Forest fan. I grew up going to watch Forest games ever since I can remember with my dad and honestly, one of the best memories of growing up, um, always the highlight of the week going to the city ground. At the minute, you know, they are on the, you know, they are on the edge of um, of the playoff picture and you know, I think there was a couple of talks, will we get into the automatic into the automatic promotion area but after the last couple of performances it's looking unlikely we just will we lost today against Fulham and at the weekend Derby who is our biggest rival scored in the final minute of the match so not a great week to be a Forest fan but um, I've got faith that we'll be at we'll be at Wembley and fingers crossed we can get the promotion somehow. Yeah, tough day, but the the playoffs are definitely exciting come end of the year. What's the what's the stadium experience like going to a, a Forest match during the week? 
Oh, it's the absolute best. I think every time I go home and I book my flight home, it's the first thing I look at is going to watch forest games. And I always love going to watch them at the city ground. There is nothing like it. When I used to go with my dad, they uh, we used to get there around the same time every single week. And as we walked up to the stadium, they would always play YouTube Beautiful Day. And so now every time I hear that song, it just takes me back. And it's funny because I don't know if you you guys probably know, but it rains, you know, 360 days of the year in England. So 99% of the time, it was not a beautiful day outside. But there's just walking up the steps and hearing the same song um, is just something that I absolutely love hearing now. And it's nice when, when I do go back, we always try and go and watch a couple of away matches um, and watch them wherever they are. And we've seen a couple of FA Cup games in the last few years at Chelsea and at Arsenal. So it's nice to see them on the road as well against some of the bigger oppositions. It's beautiful. I, you painted a lovely picture of, of what it's like to be there, the sounds, the sights. Um, I, I felt like I was almost there there myself. I, 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 I you wonder, just love though, the song Beautiful Day. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a huge U2 fan. That's all I'm looking for. I oh. um. <laughs> I uh, I have to ask though, you know, the 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 environment that you've just detailed feels a little different than life in in South Carolina. Would you say that they're all at all comparable? Oh, just a little bit different. I honestly, it still gets me the heat here. It is just so incredibly hot. I think the first season that I came out here, I flew out um, in July. And I had never felt heat like it. And so going from playing uh, football in England, where we were trained twice, maybe three times a week and then play on a weekend to coming to the States. And I was like, sorry, what? We're going to do three training sessions today in this <laughs> week? So it was a real shock to me to play in such high temperatures. And I can remember we, we played a lot of our games in Florida and Miami and um, and a lot of the time it would be Friday, Sunday games. So the Sundays we would kick off at noon so we could get on the bus and get back. And I, I'll just never forget how hot it was. And I, I actually thought I, I can't actually see I'm so hot. <laughs> so um, definitely a bit different. So I, I can't complain about getting to sit in the commentary booth with the AC now. Even at seven o'clock here in Charleston, it's still warm on, on a match day throughout the summer. So the heat is definitely the biggest thing. Um, but there's nothing like going home and, and getting wrapped up and having a big coat on and a woolly hat um, being at an English game. Yeah, Poppy, did you get much of a winter over there in Nottingham? Oh, yes, definitely. Nice. We have a really long winter. It honestly feels last summer, it was actually a couple of summers ago, um, I went home and I must have honestly just forgot what the weather was like in England because I was packing as if I was going home for a South Carolina summer, just <laughs> shorts and t-shirts. And I got home and I actually had nothing to wear. Before we jump into some of the play-by-play -play chat, we didn't want to miss out on introducing your Instagram famous dog, Looney. <laughs> I don't know how you would, what adjectives you would, you would throw their way, but didn't want to miss out, miss out on introducing Looney to the pod as well. Oh, I'll have to tell her because she will be absolutely on it. <laughs> a big friendly giant. She is a hundred pounds, a German shepherd, and she is the most loving dog in the world. I actually think that she thinks she's a chihuahua. Well, assuming she's a bit of a footy fan, we do need a, a pod pet like a you know uh we need a, a returning a pod, a pod pup if you a pod pup. There you oh go. she would be so up for that <laughs> <laughs> but 
That's great. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to uh, connect connect with Looney as well on Instagram. See if, if she, she, if she likes like uh, if she likes like lime green collars, we could uh, we could whip together a little Footy Fellows themed collar branding collar. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll work with her. We'll work Definitely. with her agent. She's very easy to work with, so I'm sure she'll she'll be open to anything. <laughs> <laughs> well. On this pod, we definitely care about sharing perspectives from all angles of the game we love, and that's why we wanted to focus the main portion of our chat today on the unique role that you have, Poppy, as a a play-by-play commentator, talking about the art of broadcasting and play-by-play commentary. So just to kick it off, it's harder than people think it is, right? Definitely. It's definitely harder than people think it is. And it's funny because when I first started doing it, I mean, I can't even think of how many games, football games I've watched both on the TV and in real life. And then my first game commentating, I think one of the substitutes got a red card. You know, they were they were taking someone out the stands and just things that I'd actually probably never actually noticed before happening. And now all of a sudden I'm trying to put into words what's going on. So it's definitely harder than it looks. And even when you think, you know, you've seen maybe a lot of different things happen in a game, there's always something that'll that'll throw you off. Do you have to practice uh, just at home, you know, by yourself or in front of the mirror, even maybe calling out like, you know, stuff happening at the supermarket. It's just kind of going through your head now. It's a, a way of life of just thinking about how you narrate what's going on around you. Well, it's really interesting you say that because last time I was at home when I was watching Forrest, um, I found myself like trying to plan an intro and trying to like bring people back from break and try and set the scene. And I just can remember sitting there thinking, what am I doing? Just sit back and enjoy the game. There's no pressure on you. And I can remember thinking I was even like putting myself under the pressure thinking, you know, what would I say here? And what would I say now? And all oh, that's, you know, noting the weather and, and, and the kits and different things and players coming back from injury. So I think now I do really struggle just to sit back and enjoy a game. And I always am listening to, you know, what other other commentators are saying, writing down notes on my phone. So I definitely watch the game differently. Um, but as far as just talking through things at home, pronunciations is definitely something that I go over a lot. And a lot of the time I'm really, you know, extra cautious because I don't know whether it's an accent thing or I just want to make sure that I get everybody's pronunciations correct. So it's most of the time just going over that. Um, and then just honestly, you know, practicing, you know, reading storylines out loud. And I think it's, I, I have a really nice role at the battery where I get to do a variety of different things throughout the week. So during the week, I'm in more of a reporting position um, and getting to interview the players and doing different things, you know, video features. And then obviously on match day, I feel at the beginning, I'm more of a host, you know, for our mini pregame show and anything that's on social media and then going into the play by play. So I think that's something that's also really helped is getting to do those different roles and seeing how much they all come together. And even now, when I when I get the opportunity to do sideline reporting, I'm I feel like I'm able to pick out storylines better and and know what the play by play or the color commentator would be focusing on, and being more aware of things that as a commentator I would love to see or hear about down on the sideline because that's also you know a challenger in the booth and sometimes you don't always have the best view of the actual field which I think sometimes people forget or even doing it remotely so I think doing those different roles has definitely uh, definitely helped overall that's awesome you're able to wear a bunch of hats with the battery 
Definitely very grateful. When I started with the battery, I started as a sideline reporter. And honestly, I didn't think that comment commentating was really something that I never even considered. And I, even though I grew up watching Jackie Oatley and watching some female commentators in England, it's just something that I never thought that I would have the opportunity to do. So when our uh, when our play-by-play announcer left and our owner at the time said, you know, you should give it a go. I was I was thinking, me? Really? But um, and it definitely t- it's definitely taken a lot of getting used to. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to just try and keep improving and bringing in new vocabulary and making sure that I know, you know, as much information as possible about everything that could possibly happen on a game day. Um, but I absolutely love it. And now and now I really couldn't think about doing anything else. But I truly am grateful. You know, every game day, it, it's it's the best day of the week. And, you know, as a sports fan, I feel like just getting to be part of a team or getting to even cover different teams around the league has really helped as well. So I do feel very lucky um, getting to do this role. There's something special about being fluid in the way you speak. Um and not hesitating um when you have the mic and you're standing there you're you're or sitting whichever well really quickly do you stand or sit during games i have have to know that oh i definitely stand i find it really hard to sit (laughs) so i mean even more to the point um one did you find that there was a transition in the way that you had an ability to um uh to narrate a game or commentate for a game and two um you know how do you overcome the almost the the desire to speak quickly i find that commentators have a a nice cadence to them that they're able to articulate points that are thoughtful and also um timely um all the while not being too slow and and not being too fast though i guess that depends on if you're listening to it in spanish and you know it's a, it's a different cultural you know perspective um how do you measure your own cadence um and how was that practiced over time yeah no that's definitely a great point i think i was very lucky when i did start commentating i had a a couple of people that really helped me me along the way and and some great mentors and brad baker at the league being one of them and i can remember having so many phone calls with him and i probably honestly pestered him too much after after a game because i wanted to you know keep improving and and making sure that i i you know was doing the best that I could. So that's really interesting that you say that because one of the things that we used to talk about was we used to compare um, the football match to being almost like a dance and having different bits of or a song and having different parts of the match be more intense than others. And you can't obviously have 90 minutes of pure intensity. So for me, it was about really slowing down when I could and also one of the biggest things was not feeling like you had to talk for the entire time. And that was something that initially I definitely looking back and realized I struggled with because you feel like any sort of silence, although for the viewer is just nothing for you, it feels like an eternity. So I felt like I constantly had to cover any any sort of, you know, dead air in reality. You know, sometimes fans just enjoy hearing the nat sounds and the atmosphere of the games and then knowing, you know, when you should, you know, start to change your voice or pick up the pace. And, and for me as well, one of the biggest things was learning my own voice 
and making sure that my voice didn't go too high and it wasn't too low. And I think that's really difficult. And I think maybe it's difficult for men as well, but especially for women, because there's nothing worse than like hearing, you know, screechy voices. So that's also something that I really try to work on. Um, so there's a lot of different, a lot of different things that over, you know, the past couple of years that I'm very aware of. Um, but I think the biggest thing as well is just trying to sound as authentic as possible. And you have to know what you're talking about. So I think the preparation is absolutely key. And it gives you that confidence going into the game that you know what you know, the players, you know, the background about them, you don't have to rely on looking down at your boards and working out as well what works for you. Uh, when I first started commentating, I really, you know, didn't even know how to organize my commentary boards and what did work best for me. So it took a few games to for me to get used to looking at my own notes. And I used to write so much and I it was so hard for me to quickly glance down and be able to pick something up. So now I'm able to write things in really short, condensed sentences or almost in like my own language. It feels like sometimes when I'm writing notes down and other people probably wouldn't understand understand them but I think it's finding what works for you and then also bringing your color analyst into the game is so important as well because you're really there just to set the picture and to basically you know host the game and it's the color analyst that's able to really be the professional and to tell the viewers what's happening and to dig into tactics as well so I think a combination of, of those things is definitely something that I keep my eye on and I constantly try and build upon um, throughout each season. Poppy, I love that you mentioned uh, authenticity and, um, you know, you want to be authentic. And I think as, a, as someone who watches the game, it it definitely makes the experience as a fan more enjoyable when you've got someone who's really into the game or is, you know, very uh, lively and obviously knows what's going on, very passionate about what's going on, which actually brings me up brings up a good question you know what if the game is rather boring you know what if you do have a game that's pretty dull I think it's always really important to try and keep the energy so you know no matter what is happening on the pitch you shouldn't be the reason that somebody is thinking that the game is slow um, however, I do think that, you know, there, there is occasions, I think, in any game where the ball might just be getting knocked around in the midfield. And that really gives you an opportunity instead of, you know, just saying who the ball is going back and forth between to bring in different storylines into the match. So talking about different players or their journey to the club or what kind of form they've been in. And again, relying on the colour analyst as well and bringing them into the match. And, and I think it's really important to pick and choose your moments in the game where you are able to do that because you know you never want to be talking about a storyline when the ball is in the final third or in the box so it gives you that opportunity to really bring in different things and whether it's you know the atmosphere or the stadium or just some key facts and and it's funny because I look at my commentary boards after after the end of each game and I almost think I haven't used 70% of this but I think just having it and having it available and having something to always talk about in the back of your mind is really really important related to both the the commentary uh, storyboards you've been talking about and also storylines that you can talk about when there's a bit of a break in the action I think everyone listening will want to know do you have any favorite storylines or favorite pieces of research you've been able to utilize on air 
there's definitely things last season where I felt like we I talked about a lot and I think that helps because the battery is such an, a historic club so talking about a lot of the different you know battery facts and about MUSC Health Stadium and about Mike Anhauser and just a, and a few couple of storylines that were that were always interesting that almost fit in every game I can remember always mentioning Kotaro Higashi who paid his way from Japan to come to Charleston to the open trials. And then he impressed Mike Anhauser and the coaching staff and ended up signing a contract with the team and then was newcomer of the season that year. And Mike Anhauser has signed somebody from open trials every single season since 2001. So I think it's always interesting just hearing those stories in any way that you can really condense them down and get them out quickly and just and and then for, for fans to be able to, you know, see Katara Hagashi on the ball and just knowing a bit of backstory about each of them. And I think there's so many and especially about Mike Anhauser. He's, you know, such a seasoned coach and he's been there so long and has so many cool stories himself. So I think I was really lucky in that aspect. But another thing is I'm constantly just reading new articles and looking at things online or listening to other podcasts. And I think that helps as well, because another thing that I have to really try to keep in mind is to be as neutral as possible. So I can't always just have all these stories about the battery players and about our coaching staff. It's really got to be about the other team as well. And I think for for fans watching it, if they're watching it for, as, a, as a supporter of the visiting team, I think it's nice for them to be able to hear the commentator talk a bit about their team because you don't want to listen to a one-sided, um, a one-sided broadcast. The amount of interaction you have with the, the, the coaches, actually, it's fascinating as well as... Um in turn with with some players uh has us thinking to ourselves um how has your impact as a player impacted the way that you um broadcast now when i when i was playing football i i never the goal for me was to never be a professional footballer and so i think you know looking back sports more than anything just taught me so much i'm sure like everybody but being able to to come to a different country and to live here and to, and to leave home and my dad was a professional cyclist when he when he was younger and he used to tell me stories all the time when we were on the road whether it was going to watch football or or me playing and he would say you know sports connects the world and it takes you to places that you could never have dreamt of going and and the friends that you could never have dreamt of meeting. And I can always remember sitting and listening to his stories. And and he went to actually race in France and he couldn't speak a word of French. So at the time, I always used to roll my eyes and listen to the stories. But when I moved to America, so much of that made sense. And I think a lot of it off the pitch, you know, I was able to relate to. And it taught me so much about life and just being independent and making your own opportunities happen and creating your own destiny but also as a player I think it's it's really cool as well because although for me I've never played at a professional level I've played the game enough to be able to know and to relate and to understand so I think that's definitely helped but for me growing up and playing football taught me so much more about life as well so I think it's 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 a great balance to be able to talk about something that, that you have played. Um, and it's interesting as well, because I always say that I, I wanted to always stay in football. And when I graduated college, I didn't think that I would find an opportunity to be able to to do something in sports. And so I interned at a local news station my my senior year. And I just can remember thinking this just isn't for me. And it really 
made me think if I can't get something in sports is this something that I really want to do so I was so grateful that I was able to start working at the Charleston Battery and then be able to to carry on and and broadcast in in football as well but it's definitely helped I think playing the game and then also just taking so much from it as well especially with the heat in Charleston as players are looking dead and everyone's screaming at their TV to, to pick it up. You're like, come on, you know, this is, this is brutal out here. I'm sweating. I'm in the booth. <laughs> I used to give my uh, college coach a half time, a hard time because I can remember when we were playing in Florida at noon, the other coach came up to him and said, do you, are you happy with us having a water break today? And he said, no, we don't need one. And I can remember thinking, what? <laughs> So when I started working at the battery and at 7.30, I think halfway through the first half, they would always stop for a drinks break. I think if it was over 75 degrees and I can remember, I would always text him and be like, just letting you know at, pro- at the professional level, they're able to stop for a drinks break. As <laughs> and we always joke about it now, but it's, it's definitely funny. Um, the heat was just something that took me so long to get used to. It's wonderful to hear um, how you've you've happened into this position that that you love and you're you're looking forward to um, uh, to every day. Um, when you look down the line in a couple of years, where where would you like Poppy to be? You know, professionally, but but perhaps more so mentally, spiritually. How would you like to be in the next five to ten years? Yeah, it's always it's interesting because it's something that I think about a lot. And I think, you know, for for a lot of young, you know, for a lot of young professionals, it's always I feel like I'm always racing to get to the next step. And and I have to look back and reflect and be very grateful for where I'm at and and the opportunities that I've had. But of course, you know, I would love to just continue um, my journey in broadcasting, wherever that may be, in whatever role that may be. But I think also just being able to be around the game is so important and to be able to work in broadcasting um, it's just an absolute dream come true. So, um, so yes, hopefully more of the same and, you know, more, I'd love to do some more women's matches as well. I think the NWSL is fantastic here and getting to, getting to cover some college matches. Um, so really fortunate, I think, to be able to, to keep doing that. But I think the biggest thing, um, is something that my dad always said growing up is, um, find something that you love and you'll never work a day again in your life. And that's something that's just always stuck with me because it's so true. So I think whatever you do, as long as you're happy, then it, then it doesn't feel like work and how lucky can you be to, to get to do a job that doesn't feel like you have to do it and like a work task. So that's definitely important for me, but you know, I grew up watching the Olympics and the world cup. So I think just trying to work hard, keep bettering myself, keep improving is probably the biggest thing and, and t- to never get complacent. Your, your bit about, um, you know, find a job that you love, that you, you can't ask for more, right? So Poppy, what is one misconception about either broadcasting generally or doing play-by-play? Oh, that's a good one. Um... I would honestly probably just say the work that goes into it and and I think a lot of the preparation and just having to know and you know these names just don't spring to mind but I think being able to build a big base has been really really helpful this this last couple of years and the more familiar I've got with the league and the other teams and and also getting used to covering other leagues and different teams and being able to really confine my notes into what I know I'm going to use or what I know I'm able to look up quickly or 
uh, glance down and see quickly. But I think one of the biggest things is there is a lot of background stuff that goes into it. That's pro- that was probably my biggest misconception moving into this. And then another thing that I always now think about when I watch broadcasters you never see the other side of it so a lot of the time these hosts or the commentators will also have somebody talking in their ear to them giving them updates you know whether it be about the match substitutes when they're going to break so I think one of the hardest things was definitely getting used to talking while somebody's talking to you and when I first started and honestly, even now, it just I it's something that I constantly try to practice because although they might be saying things in really short sentences and they always try and pick their time as a producer on on an opportunity where you may not be speaking there, it does happen and it is hard to listen to someone and take in what they're telling you about breaks or, you know, if you have more time or you need to cut things short and then to carry on speaking concisely. Um, and then also just being able to be adaptable and and to kind of go with the flow. I think at the beginning, when uh, when when you first look at the run of show or the broadcast, you really want to try and plan everything out. And and as you do it more, you realize that not everything will happen like that. So I think just being adaptable, um, being able to think quickly, and listening to people while speaking is probably the biggest things. It sounds incredibly hard, and I'm sure your multitasking ability has gone through the roof since you started. I can't imagine having Max screaming at me now as I'm trying to ask you a question. That just seems I can do it right now if you want to try it out. I'm happy blow to this mic can't handle. We don't have the right tech, the right TV. Tech. Yeah, we're going to break in five. <laughs> what would be very cool is actually to see a picture of one of your storyboards, because you, you mentioned some scribbles, some thoughts, and how you've worked on that. I'd be super interested if you if you have one of those pictures and are able and, and willing to share it with us, that would be very cool to, to to share out. Yes, no, I'll definitely send them over. It's funny as well because they look so different at the end of the game because I like to do small um, small cubes for each player. So then, of course, with substitutes, I'm sticking them over the top. I'm changing the formation. I'm drawing things, circling things. But I do always keep every single commentary board. So at the end of last season in, in the commentary booth, I honestly had just countless cardboard you know they're an interesting shape as well it's honestly like arts and crafts in the days leading up to the game there's highlighters and tape and cutouts and all different things there so I love to do them while I'm watching matches it's actually it's actually quite fun (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm picturing visual meme this is like whether it's on the podcast or not we can do this separately Poppy but is there like a commentator's meme page where it's like an inside, like people know of these boards and and I mean, the point, the thing I want to pitch to you, if, if you're in on this is a business proposition, is it's um, it's an account solely for commentators and it would have like an iconic call from, you know, the Olympics or, you know, a Prem game or USL, what, what have you. A battery game. Specifically a battery game, exactly. And then it would be like that iconic thing and then it would show what the board was that they were reading from and it could, so it could you know, have like whatever scribbles on it it could it could be in crayon it could be whatever it just like be you know their interpretation of however they they spit out what they're what they're thinking i i think we got something here i think that would be so funny do you know what just thinking about it i don't think i've seen too many commentary memes which is interesting now you've said that Mm, i think there's a white space there's this is for us to uh we work in advertising this is perfect for us we can hop in there this is great i love it well appreciate you sharing 
all of the work that goes into it and the many things happening behind the booth, people only get to get to see and get to hear the great output narrating the game and, and feeding all these interesting storylines to us. So big thanks for sharing a lot of the the art behind the broadcasting, Poppy. Going to head to our final segment here, a quick bit that we are calling commentary out of context and <laughs> came up with this yesterday when we were trying to decide what would be a fun way to, to end our chat. You had shared at one point in a video for the battery that since you started the job, you're always writing down phrases on your phone when you hear stuff that you like. And so we decided to find some phrases from well-known commentators, write them down on our phone, and we're going to ask you how you like them. And most importantly, we're going to recreate them and ask you whether they'd make it into your phone, whether they're they're good enough or some variation of this phrase might make it into your phone. Does that I'm sound good? Am I right? So I'm rating them? You can rate them whatever, however you want to compare them. Ultimately, is it good enough to make it into your phone? I've, ever since I read that phrase, I just imagine you evaluating things and being like, ah, it's good, <laughs> but it doesn't make it. It's not, it doesn't make it in the phone. I love so, it. Yes. Awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. Great. All right. We'll go. We just got a couple. We can get into each. You can give your thoughts. First one, commentary out of context. First one is the referee is Mike. I was gonna. I was gonna. I didn't know if I was gonna do an accent. I don't know what I was gonna do there. I'll, I'll just do that. I'll do that one back. We'll, we'll edit that out. We'll we, edit that we've out. got. We've got some words in here that you're just like, oh yeah, that's not a. That's not an American. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I need to just. Oh, all right, I'll just say it. I'll just say do it. it. All right, redo, redo. The referee is Mark Geiger of the USA, former maths teacher for 17 years before becoming a full-time referee in 2013. So he should be able to count everything up, no problems today. <laughs> I actually quite like that. Um, I definitely would use that at some point in the broadcast, just maybe maybe not right off the top. <laughs> fair. So bringing in some of the storylines, maybe previous jobs, all that is fair game. That's that's a really funny one, though, with the maths and being able, hopefully he can count things up. Uh, <laughs> they have a bit of help these days with VAR. But yes, I like that one. I would write that one. Fair enough. That was that was Vicky Sparks in the 2018 World Cup. Love her. Awesome. She's great. All right. Second quote. There's some good football being played out there today. A real buzz about the match. Sometimes football surprises you. And I must admit, this is a much better game than I expected. Yes, I like that. I know I do really like that one as well. I think that's a good solid one. And I think that sometimes does happen as well. Sometimes it's those games where you go into it and you think, mm, are we going to see anything spectacular today? And then it catches you by surprise. And on the other hand of that, you sometimes go into a match thinking this is going to be epic. And it's the <laughs> nil most boring match you've ever seen. <laughs> well, that quote was from Martin Tyler from FIFA, because the more you play FIFA, the more you realize every single game has the same bits of commentary. All right, last last quote we'll throw your way. Pure footballing magic that belongs in a different galaxy altogether. I've heard that. I think I've heard that one before. Is that Derek Ray? <laughs> one of the one of the pieces. It's Ray Hudson. Okay. Um, yes, I, and I love Ray Hudson. I know that he is. Uh, in England, we would say like Marmite. Some people absolutely love him. Some people maybe not. So much, but <laughs> I am a big, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. So I, I love that. Max, you throw, want to throw in an extra submission? 
something that came to my mind is whenever I'm watching most of these games, it, it does feel like the color commentator has that intro spiel. And sometimes it's written out. Sometimes it feels like maybe they're doing it top of the dome. There was one very notable one from like 2018. Um, this was at the, the same time as Game of Thrones was coming to its end. Um, and Arlo White uh, used the following. Well, as we approach the final episodes of this spellbinding saga to crown the new Premier League Kings, Jurgen Klopp will set his red dragons out to scorch the St. James Park turf so he can spend another long night on the Iron Throne. Is that too cliche or what? (laughs) You know what? Arlo White is just so great, though. I feel like if anybody can get away with it, it is him. Can you imagine somebody else saying that? I don't think that would go down very well. (laughs) But Arlo White can definitely get away with it, and that is pretty clever. Do you know what's interesting? In the USL uh, Championship, one of my friends, Mike Watts, he actually does a game very similar to this where he takes submissions from fans and he works them into the game some way. So fans will, you know, give him either a very short sentence or maybe it's even just a word and he'll play like, I think he calls it like word search or something. And he will, in the broadcast, some way, somehow get your word into there. So, and I've spoke to him about it before and it's actually really funny. So um, you should definitely send some of these his way and see if he can work them in. (laughs) That sounds right up our alley. Yeah, we're game. That's great. Do you have, so maybe, maybe some of these made into your phone. Maybe they didn't. Yes. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not the last one. I think I might, (laughs) I might get called out a few times on Twitter if I said, Mike Anhauser's dragons are out to come out today <laughs> or try to relate that in any way to Game of Thrones, but I'll definitely take the other three. <laughs> Appreciate you speaking to the to the beauty of commentary and also your role specifically, all the, the hard work you put in and, and your journey. We definitely enjoyed hearing a bit more about your story and what goes on in the booth. And I'm sure everyone listening did as well. So Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today, Poppy. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun and it's been really nice to answer some questions as well for a change. So thank you so much. It's been great. Big thanks to Poppy for chatting with us and big thanks to all of you for listening. As always, we got more exciting content coming out on the Instagram connected to the MLS is back tournament and a lot of other exciting videos and stuff in the works. So Stay tuned, stay engaged on the Instagram. We love hearing from all of you and seeing some of the activity on our stories and have a nice rest of your week. I love you. See you next week. One of the things I struggle with most in America is saying my name because I get so many variations when people try to understand me. People always think that my name is Puppy or Pappy or <laughs> <laughs> so many variations. So I just answer to anything these days. <laughs>